Welcome to the Heal Here podcast. I'm your host, Kate Flick, AKA Oracle Lightworker. I'm a Holy Fire 3 Karuna Reiki master teacher and Akashic Records reader. I also happen to be a Gemini, don't judge, a 5-1 emotional manifester and empowered empath. I am literally obsessed with helping you heal and showing you that you are your own best healer. Join me here where we will explore different techniques and modalities and where I will share personal experiences and channel guidance to help support you as you move along the spiritual and healing path. I am so glad you're here. Hello, everybody. It feels so weird starting this podcast, not singing, not doing my spiritual karaoke, but I am just popping in here because I have an amazing guest who I interviewed for today's episode, and I just wanted to come on here and fill you in on a few things before we get into the episode. I hope everybody's doing well. Happy Friday. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I am moving my Reiki level one and two training until after Christmas. I had some people reach out and say they wanted to do it, but it just wasn't a good time. And then I found out that my daughter had a basketball tournament on one of the days. So I just figured, you know what, let's move it until after Christmas. So if you want to join, I haven't nailed down the dates yet, but you can purchase the course in the show notes and have access immediately. And this will give you a lot of time to really learn the content. You can start learning today. As I said, you can just pick away at it and then be ready for the live sessions after the holidays. So just wanted to let you know that as well, we still have the master training on December 3rd and 10th. And so you can sign up for that as well. And yeah, today's episode is with Jess Dickey. She is a yoga teacher. She is a space holder and digital nomad. She's honestly living the coolest life. I love following her on social media. Love seeing what she's up to because she's really inspiring to me. She's such an amazing example of someone who is following their guidance, someone who is surrendering and just allows herself to go with the flow of life. And I really enjoyed my conversation with her today. So much wisdom came through and guidance, and I think you are going to love it. So here is my episode with Jess. And I just have to say there is an issue at the beginning with the audio. We were struggling with it to get the music to come through for spiritual karaoke. So it's a little bit muffled and hard to hear. But then after the spiritual karaoke part, uh, the audio becomes much clearer. So my apologies for that. But I think you are going to love this interview. So without further ado, here is Jess Dickey. It all works out in Boulders turn into sand. That's where I I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Jess, and thank you, Ma- Maggie You're Rogers. Welcome. Um, yes. Thank you, Maggie Rogers, more than thank you, Jess. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Well, I'm so excited 
to have a very special guest on the podcast today. It's Jess Dickey. And I just asked her actually what her title was before we pressed record here. And she said, um, human, <laughs> human being. Wait, what did you say? Didn't you, you said words? <laughs> yeah, it's two words, human being. <laughs> I was like, that is like, I've never heard that before. And that is what I strive to be as well. A human who is just being, and it's actually 100%. Way, way harder sometimes than that sounds <laughs> to just to just be. Um, but yeah, thank you for singing us into this episode. And we've, I've had not, not just, I've had like a million little technical difficulties already. So I'm grateful for Jess's patience because my microphone's not working. We couldn't get the music going. So anyway, I am super excited to have you here. And I'm so excited to just dive in. I have a ton of quiet, like I know you, but like, I feel like there's so much that I don't know about you. I'm very mm. intrigued by like your life, very intrigued. So I'm excited <laughs> to ask you a lot of questions. Um, so hello, Jess, how are you today? Hello, Kate. <laughs> I, I'm so good. Thank you. I'm just uh, here at Almas there. So the yoga studio that I did all my teacher training at where I get the opportunity to teach at and I spend a lot of time here working as well. Amazing. And I have a question. Is it Costa Rica or I say it, it's Costa, right? Not Costa Rica. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Costa Ricans would say Costa Rica. Okay. Uh huh. And Jess is coming. She's an Islander. She's from Prince Edward Island. You were born here, I, I, I think. Mm -hmm. And now she is living part-time in Costa Rica, part-time on the Island. And mm -hmm. anyway, I'm just so excited to kind of have you share your your life, like what you are doing <laughs> and what brought you there. I'm just excited to get into that. And I was thinking about it before we even logged on today about how I know you. And I was like, oh yeah, I taught, I was her substitute teacher. I did a contract teaching French immersion and junior high school, like many, many years <laughs> ago. I don't even know what year that was. What year would that um, have been? 2003, you... four. Okay. You were in grade you were in grade eight or nine probably anyway yes. oh here comes your coffee Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh your life looks seriously quite magical um so yes okay let's get right into it so mm -hmm. how how did you actually before I before I get to how you got to where you are maybe you can just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah I was thinking about this um, yesterday, last night, you know, as I do things last minute. Um, but uh, yeah, a quick timeline for me is I feel like my timeline for me, I mean, obviously it starts at childhood, but also it starts for me when I went through a weight loss journey. Um, so back in 2017, 2018, I lost almost 200 pounds. And that was a huge awakening and like definitely a pivotal moment when I think about how I've landed here uh, in Costa Rica. And so I went through that. Um, and then at the time that I was going through that, I was also engaged to be married. Um, I lived in a house. I had two dogs. Um, I was do checking all the boxes, a lot of boxes that I feel felt a lot of pressure, societal pressure, um, the island way of life, you know, the place we're from is very small and very traditional, which is not bad, but it also is not for me. Um, and so I went through a journey of rediscovering who I was. 
um, started with the weight loss and then I left the, the engagement. And then I um, dove into like deeper spiritual practices slowly, um, especially starting in 2019, which I feel like is around the time you and I first connected um, again, like connected in, in my adult life. Um, and I focused a lot of time on myself. Um, and then I was in a relationship, again, a romantic relationship that really fostered this dream of moving to Costa Rica. And during that relationship, I was forced to work on my, my attachment style and it through that work. Um, and then also like my guides just calling out to me all the time. And then finally starting to be able to listen because I had released a lot of physical and mental weight. Um, I started to go into that and like, you were definitely like also a pivotal moment for me in that because one time you like messaged me on Instagram and you're like, hi, like, I just have to pull a card for you. Like, I don't know why, but I have to. And if you think I'm weird, that's fine. And you can just ignore me, but I'm just going to pull this card for you because your angels want to give you a message. And that morning or like that afternoon, you and I had been on the same beach in the same place. And I had, I was going through this relationship stuff. I was asking for signs. I was working on all of these things internally, right? Like I was working on my own stuff and hoping to work on my partnership and you like gave me the perfect message. I don't ask me what it was now because I won't remember, but it was super impactful. Um, and then that relationship ended and we had kind of dreamt up living in Costa Rica and I decided I was going to do it anyways. And so I did. I came here to Puerto Viejo in 2021, in December 2021 for three weeks. And I mean, I could talk for a whole podcast just about that one singular trip but just know that it was very awakening and very supported and just full of magical moments. And in that time, I was like, okay, I want to live here and I want to, I want to be here full time. And so when I went back to Canada after those three weeks, um, I got you to do an Ashekic. I always say it wrong. Akashic. Akashic, Akashic <laughs> Records reading, which I actually listened to this morning for the first time since I've listened to it um, back then. And it was just, that was also very pivotal for me. And then, yeah, the next nine months, I just worked really hard. And now I'm here and I'm splitting my time between Costa Rica and PEI. And it was all about faith and trust. And it took a long time, but now that I have gone through it, and I'm able to have that bird's eye view of like what all those steps meant and how it led to me being here. I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow. Your story is so amazing. And like, and people need to go follow Jess. Um, <laughs> you, well, you're, wait, are you, you used to be the fashionable, you're, are the fashionable yogi now? I can't remember. Uh-huh. Fashionable yeah. yogi. Okay. With two yeah. eyes. And we'll, we'll put that all in the show notes, but like, there is something about your energy. It's like, I don't know what it is. Like, I remember going into your Kashuk records and like just experiencing, it was a crazy experience for me. And I don't usually remember a lot of readings, like a lot of, I don't know, but I just remember like, it felt like an out-of-body experience just being in your Akashic records, be connecting with your energy. And I would just like, this is like, I just, I don't know. I, I knew there was going to be, I don't know. I just felt like there are big things coming for you, big changes. And anyway, so it's so amazing. And I feel like a lot of people can get 
guidance, like receive guidance, but like for your people to then act on the guidance, it's a whole other story. And so you mentioned like surrendering and like, that must've been so hard at different points of your journey when you probably, as you said, we come from a small town and people probably saying like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, you know, thinking you're a bit crazy, like following this crazy dream. Like, did you yeah. have, like, did your friends and family support this or? Um, I've been really fortunate and I've had a lot of support, but I did have a lot of pushback too from people. Um, I actually had one friend who I've been friends with since we were like eight years old, um, like unfriend me in real life, like told me that I wasn't, she, like, she wanted all these things for me. Right. Which I understand now I was very hurtful at the time, but I understand now that that was her perspective with her potential blinders or conditioning on. And it was really uncomfortable for her to see me living a different life. And because she was uncomfortable, she wanted to project what she was comfortable around, which was someone who's in a long-term relationship who um, spends time in like a couple format, like um, who wants to settle down, have a house, have kids, have the dog, like, you know, that whole life. And she has that life and she's, and she's living a beautiful life. And I just, unfortunately, she, didn't have the space or capacity to understand that things can be done differently and in a fulfilling way an equally as fulfilling way. And that's, you bring up such um, an important kind of point there. I feel like when you do follow your guidance and you're doing things that are unconventional or outside the box, yeah, people are going to project onto, like it's going to be threatening to people because yeah. it's, it's, it's challenging what they're doing. And yeah, that's hard. Like it's hard to move through people's projections sometimes. Mm -hmm. Wait, what's your, I, you're a manifesting generator, right? What's your yeah. profile? Um, I like, don't know it off the top of my head. I, I have an app wondering if you were like a, I'm a five one and I feel like I get a lot of projection <laughs> projections. <laughs> I don't, I didn't know if you might be too, but um, I didn't real. I don't think I realized that you were engaged. I don't like, so that yeah, was... I had the whole dress and everything in the closet. I, <laughs> yeah. No, maybe I did. I, I just don't, it's, that wasn't ringing a bell. Okay. So you had to look at your life then. And like, now it's just, it's. Yeah. So... And it was really challenging to get out of that. Like, you know, talk about pushback and like pushback from myself. Right. Like questioning all the time. Like when that person unfriended me in real life, like, I questioned every decision I was making. I, it, it, I went into the conversation telling myself be open. Like I knew it was going to be a hard conversation because things had been building. Um, but I went in be like, be super open. Like don't react. Sometimes I can get angry very quickly. Anger is like my first form of reaction typically in emotions. Um, but I forgot to tell myself to keep my power too and to like stand up for who I am. And so I just let her say all these things to me that weren't true to me. And yeah, I like sat with that for months. It, it really, really shook me to my core. And I'm like, maybe I am doing it wrong. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, is this right? Um, yeah. But like I said, now that I have the bird's eye view of everything, it was just part of the plan. I had, yeah. I had to go through that to, to let go of like that, that version of me fully. So I'm grateful for her. I'm grateful that she that she said those things to me because I needed 
to decide where I was going. And that was a really pivotal moment for me. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful perspective. Um, do you think that your yoga practice has helped you, you know, be able to surrender and let go and, and kind of move through these challenges? A hundred percent. Like yogic philosophy is all about that. It's all about surrendering. Like there's, um, there's many branches in yoga, um, but non-attachment is like one of the biggest branches. It's one of the main branches. Um, like there's eight main, main branches and non-attachment, um, contentment with yourself. Like the uh, one of my teachers said the other day, and I'm probably going to misquote this, but it's like the practice of yoga is learning to tolerate um, being yourself. Is like learning how to tolerate the things that are you right? Like we don't love all the things about ourselves all the time, but through the practice of yoga, we learn to tolerate what everything, every part of us. And it's like that's that union piece, right? Bringing the parts of us that shine and and we love and the parts of us that are challenging and finding non-attachment to either of them. I love that. I, I love that. And I've, that's, the thing is like, it is uncomfortable though, accepting your shadows. Like it's Mm -hmm. for me anyway, I'm like, Oh, this shadow work is no joke. Like, but, but also recognizing that, yeah, like we do have those aspects of light and dark within ourselves and we're human beings. Like none of us are perfect. Even if you're in this spiritual community, like we're human beings and we have shadow aspects and it's just kind of accept it. Like you said, not attaching, accepting that. And I feel like there, you know, have like learning to release the shame around maybe the shadows for me anyway, like releasing mm-hmm. shame. Um, yeah. Oh, and you know what I forgot? <laughs> what just popped in my head, of course, my brain here. Um, we didn't even talk about, your song, the Maggie Rogers song, because when you first told me this song, this song that you were going to be choosing for today, like you were explaining how like connected you were to this song. And I was like, Oh, I wish I was recording. So if you don't mind sharing that again, it was beautiful. Um, Yeah. So this song came into my shuffle, like on Spotify, like it was in my discover weekly or whatever release radar. Last year, this time when I was here at Amasair doing my yoga teacher training or just at the end of my yoga teacher training, where I was also in this really beautiful, blissful place of just flowing and like I was manifesting like crazy and like all of these things were aligning for me. Um, And this song, I feel like was a constant of my angels and my guides like chiming in like it would just be in shuffle I would play my light song on Spotify on shuffle all the time and this one would just come on exactly when I was supposed to hear it um and like the that lyric of like boulders turn into sand um and like to just trust right like my that the angels are doing all the work for me they're turning the boulders in front of me into sand I just have to trust and be patient and to do intentional work as well um, and be intentional with my manifestations. And so, yeah, it would just come on all the time. And then it, 
and it would just bring a smile to my face and I could feel my guides with me. And, and I was here whenever they announced that Maggie Rogers was coming to PEI um, this past summer. And I was like, shut up. Like I literally was like listening to the song. And then my sister was like, did you see Maggie Rogers is coming here? And I was like, what? And like bought tickets immediately. And then I was down front her whole show and it just the, the vibrations, the energy of then that seeing her live and feeling that energy, it was very special to me. It was a very special moment. And it was this full circle moment too, of like bringing a lot of this energy back with me to, to PEI back to my community. Like I felt that purpose as well. Um, yeah. And then now that I've been back, it's come on a few times and specifically whenever you mentioned the podcast like I listen all the time so I know that you sing songs at the first and this one came on yesterday or the day before and I was like oh yeah that's my song like I yeah <laughs> I love it oh I love that so much I'm so sad because I don't I didn't really discover her until I think after yeah I was yeah I was after she came to PEI because I was telling you before, but yeah, the song I've, I found her from, there's like a YouTube video, which I'm going to send you. You said you didn't see it, but with her, her being basically discovered the school that she was going to anyway, she, Pharrell, the musical artist, like listen, was listening to her sing. And he was like, I've watched it so many times because I don't know, there's something about this clip. He is just mind blown by her talent. And he's just like, what the heck is going on here? Anyway, I kind of just became so intrigued by her. And then the song Alaska is, yeah, the song that I love. Anyway, I wish I had have known about her when she, you know, when she came <laughs> before she came to PEI, but maybe she'll come back again. You never know. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, so would you say like, is it easier for you when you go between the two places? Is it easier for you to settle back into life in Costa Rica or in PEI? Or is it the same? Like, do you, like, are you, I don't know. Do you miss Costa Rica when you're in PEI? And do you miss PEI when you're in Costa Rica? Like what's, what is it like transitioning between the two places? Um, yeah, I mean, transition is always hard. Um, even when it's like going back to familiar places, uh, it's still hard. And I think for me, what I'm learning is I need to really pay attention to those moments in between transitions. Um, and yeah, it's not easy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's easy. Like I don't just leave Costa Rica and then land a PEI and like, I'm, I'm good to go. I would say it's a, it's a process of integration on both sides. Um, for instance, when I just landed back here in September after being home from like the middle of May until the middle of September in PEI, when I got back to Costa Rica, I was really hard on myself that I wasn't landing perfectly. Um, and that was a bit of shadow work for myself because I'm like, why am I expected to land perfectly? Where does that come from? Like, why can't I just land as a human being? <laughs> like as a person who just spent a crazy summer in PEI, which I don't know if listeners know, but it's a huge tourist destination. I work crazy hours there because I work in social media and marketing and also in food and beverage, which are all very busy that time of year. 
I also like to do things. I traveled a bit while I was home this summer. Like I was go, go, go. Like I felt like I couldn't think more than an hour ahead of time some days. And then I land back in Costa Rica, right? The land of Pura Vida, of moving slow, of um, nurturing a very holding space. And I was still in that like Vata, which is like Ayurvedic, like air brain, right? Like just like, like everything's swirling around. And I was getting mad at myself and I'm like, or I can give myself some time and grace and trust that I will land back eventually into the routine and the space that I want to foster here. And I did, and I am living in that now, but I would say transitions are hard. They're very hard. I love that though. Um, Just what you're saying about just giving yourself grace in transitions. And I just feel like there's so much pressure to, to do. And this is what I feel anyway, for myself, even like just being productive to do, do, do. And you're an entrepreneur, like just, you could be working all the time. And it's like any time, I just feel a lot of guilt for resting a lot of the time. And I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to just not have shame and guilt around resting. And so yeah, what you're saying resonates. And when you're talking about that, I was like, it's so interesting. PEI used to be like the quiet. It's that's what I feel like people come here for is the quiet, laid back, slow living. But it is so true when you live here and during the summer here, that's not really (laughs) what it's like. No, we're creating that environment for other people to come experience. But it's, Um, yeah, it's, it's different. It is different. And yeah, I think about like, I always feel a lot of pride when I see like all these cruise ships coming in and knowing that people want to come here to visit. But then sometimes I feel a little bit sad too, because I just think about how things are changing here and like, Mm. are we losing some of that island way of life? And I don't know. I know people in Hawaii have, you know, talked about that they have a lot of concerns about, you know, just so much just turning into like a tourist trap and like, you know, these sacred lands being taken over. Anyway, that's a whole other story, but, (laughs) um, okay. So let's see here. I need to go to my question. I I have some questions here. If I don't write them down, I won't really, um, remember. Uh, but yeah, I didn't mention this before that Jess is also one of my Reiki students. She is a Reiki level two practitioner And yeah, I just wanted to chat a little bit about your experience connecting with the energy and if you've noticed any shifts, like interacting with the energy or or how you kind of use Reiki in your business or in your life, if that's something that you're connecting with. Um, Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, my journey with Reiki feels similar to my journey with like my connection to my angels um, in the sense that like when I'm in it, I'm in it. But then when I'm not, it's like it can feel very blocked at times. Um, and I'm also a tourist. So like I'm really good at putting walls up to people and spirits um, and just shutting the doors to that. Um And so, yeah, when I first, after I finished your course um, this year, like it was in January or February, um, 
I didn't start practicing right away because that was like the middle of my mentorship at the yoga teacher training. But then after that, I think for like four or six weeks, I offered free Reiki, distant Reiki healing sessions to my followers. Um, and I did a lot of sessions. Like I think I did 30 or 35 sessions during that time. Wow. Um, yeah, which that when I was in that, like, that's a lot. Cool. And I remember <laughs> I was so impressed. I was like, wow, like, I don't know, just that you were doing that already. Like for me, when I took my Reiki level one and two, like, I don't, you know what? I don't, I didn't really being very honest. I didn't really do anything with it for a year. And then I just knew that I needed to take the master training and it wasn't anything I ever planned. But remember when I saw you doing that right away, I was like, oh my gosh, look at her go. Like I was very impressed that you were, yeah, doing that already. Um, yeah. Sorry, anyway. Yeah. So that was, it was really cool and I'm glad I did it. Um, and you know, the, the doubt, like the, the, the not trusting piece, like that, I mean, that's something I've been fostering for so many years and it still is hard lots of times like I I don't want listeners to think like oh she's so good at trusting and manifesting and like she never has doubts or fears I have doubts and fears every day too <laughs> like um luckily my angels often creep in and remind me to trust but um same with Reiki when I first offered it I was like this is wah wah wee woo like I don't you know this there's no way this is actually something like I'm just lying to people right whatever um but then I so and then I would do the sessions um and then I would record a voice memo for them of like the received messages because fortunately especially during that time I was getting like a lot of like visions like I see things like as if it was a dream um while I'm like doing the hand placements over the body um and like it just like one after the other when I would send these off because I was doing like two a day like five days a week wow yeah like I I was doing it was way too much yeah that's a lot like that's a lot yeah I definitely burnt out um but like in when I was first in it like then a lot like almost every single person probably wrote me back maybe just a couple didn't and they'd be like the, the way they were confirming what I saw, like, I was like, I would have no idea. Like, these are not even people that I know. I actually find it harder to do it for people that I do know. Same. Um, 100%. So <laughs> when it's a stranger, it's like, I don't know, it's just completely different. And the messages that I would get, and then they'd be like, writing me back and confirming. And it was, it was just, it was wild, like, just wild. Like, I, I don't know, this one girl, I saw her standing like at the, like the big redwood forest in BC, or I I think, and like, I've never been there. And she's like hugging this tree. She's smiling. She's like taking photographs. Um, and like her, like literally like her heart was just like beaming energy. Like I could see energy coming out of her heart. She's so like, so happy smiling. And I, sent her that message and she's like yeah that's my favorite place in the world we're like trying to get back there soon like how i don't make this this stuff up no (laughs) no like i or like another girl i saw her like doing her daily routine like she walked the same path every day i seen like the gravel under her feet i seen her stopping and 
touching this tree, talking to this tree, um, going down by the water. Maybe I saw like a dog with her. Like I saw this whole scene and it was just like in repetition, like her just like going around, going around, going around. And she was like, yeah, I walk the same path every day. I stop and talk to this one tree every day. I, my dog comes with me. Like, I don't know. Like it's just, it's, it's, it is, it is crazy. And it's when you start to do it, it's like, there is so much though, like self doubt that creeps in and your ego is like, am I like just making this up? Like that, that is such a normal feeling to be like, am I making this up? But it's like, how, why would you be seeing these random visions? You know what I mean? And then the fact that you're getting the confirmation. And I actually just remembered right now that, um, in one of my recent Reiki trainings, there was a student who referenced, um, that you gave, her session, it was really profound and really healing for them. So, so yeah, you're making, you're definitely making an impact and that's, so do you still find that you see, do you see visions for things? Like, is that something that Um, you still? Yeah. So like I did that for, I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe six weeks. And then I kind of just stopped all together. And that was also like a really, hard transition time for me like talking about transitions it was like my last month or two in Costa Rica before I went home I got I got into this really crazy place of doubt and not trusting I found myself staying in the house too much scrolling too much um just letting go of all of my practices all of my tools and Reiki definitely I let go of that too And then when I came back home to PEI, I, like I said, I was so busy. I was socializing a lot. I was saying yes to everything that there also wasn't, I wasn't making any space to offer that kind of service either. I did host a couple like um, workshops when I was home with Reiki. So um, I did a couple of really great body love sessions with body love by white picket moments um which was amazing and felt really great to hold space for all these really beautiful women um and I did see some stuff and I did like group Reiki meditation with them and they were all kind of really shy to share during but a lot of them messaged me after and it was very similar things to what I was seeing and to what I was experiencing during their meditation as well um yeah. And I, I feel like that's a trust piece too. Like, I feel like once I sink into trust, I will have visions again. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me to say right now because I haven't really done any one-on-one sessions either since, yeah, probably like March or April. Um, and I've only been doing group Reiki um, stuff right now, but I still get visions. Like I still, or like hear songs, like the same way you hear songs, like I, I hear songs all the time that are like messages, even especially during Reiki. Yeah. Spirit, spirit loves to communicate through music, especially if you're clear audience, like that's like hearing the the lyrics or a song popping into your head. If you're clear audience, yeah, that's a great way for spirit to deliver messages. And I think it's so important what you're sharing, even just about Reiki is that, I had a similar experience where like, I think people would probably think that because I'm teaching Reiki now and that, that I've always had this like dedicated practice where I'm doing Reiki all the time and I'm living, breathing Reiki. And it's like, no, actually 
I know that's not the case. And I let it go for periods of time and that's okay. And sometimes I've even thought to myself, like, well, that's not good. Like I haven't been doing, you know, self-reiki. I haven't been doing whatever, but it's like, no, like, I feel like it's okay to take a break from things and you'll be guided back to them if you're meant to be guided back to them. I also think it's interesting, like this theme of transitions that that's coming up today. Um, just because I feel like as like collectively we're in the midst of a crazy transition as we're in this in-between space between the 3d and the 5d and transitions are, can be very painful. As I'm saying this, I'm seeing like the birth canal. <laughs> it's like before the rebirth, like that transition to being born, that's friggin' painful. And yeah, it's not easy, but what you're saying is important about, about anchoring back into rituals and practices that can support you. Um, because I found myself when you were, I was like, oh, she's calling me out right now. I've been scrolling like this morning. I was just like, I couldn't do anything. I just kept scrolling, scrolling. I'm like, I have things to do. And I just was getting caught in the scroll. And I think that that is, you know, uh, it's, it's a numbing, um, like if you're caught, you know, fight, flight or freeze response, that's a like scrolling is a freeze response. And so anyway, I just think it's important to notice how you um, be aware of how you react in times of transition, times of stress, times of change, and like be aware of some of your coping strategies and be willing to maybe, I don't know, shift to more healthy ones for me anyway, instead of scrolling all the time. Um, but yeah. And if you notice, like if you come back to, if you find yourself coming back to Reiki and you notice you're not seeing any, as many visions, don't doubt that because visions are what came for me full, full on. Whenever I did my master training, I was like, this is crazy. Like I was just seeing all these things. I'm like, this is insane. And then now it, the way it works typically is that spirit will then kind of take that, take one of the clairs away from you. So take that clairvoyance away so that some of your other clairs need to come to the forefront. So if that happens, it doesn't mean that your gifts are not as strong, but it just means that it's opening the door for other gifts, your other Claire, you know, your other Claire's to develop. So anyway, that's what it's been in my experience anyway. So, hmm. but yeah, I've heard again, like that your session really impacted that student of mine. And I don't know, I just think it's, amazing. And I'm just very impressed that like you went through the Reiki level one and two training. I never could have done that. Like, I, I just was so impressed that you did that right away. So maybe some, you may be called back to it and you may not, but, but yeah, I, I, the thing about Reiki is that once you're attuned, you you're attuned for life. So you can reconnect with the frequency anytime you want. So mm. yeah. So that's kind of, the awesome part about it. <laughs> um, so could you wait, what time are we at here? Gosh, how long have we been recording for? I know we had technical difficulties. Do you have um, time? It's, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. in no rush. I have questions? lots of time. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, like, could you describe kind of like what a day in the life for you is like in Costa Rica? Like, what does your typical day look like? Yeah, so um, 
where I live is the name of the town is Puerto Viejo. Um, and it's very small. It's on the Caribbean coast of Costa Rica. So it's, um, it's not as known about most people go to the Pacific side. And so when I get a lot of questions about Costa Rica, I'm like, mm, I probably don't have any answers for you. Um, cause I've actually never even been to the other side. I just found a place that I liked and in typical fixed earth sign fashion, I'm like, this is where I am now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very small town. Like on average, there's maybe 8,000, 9,000 permanent residents here. Um, the road literally ends. So it's like a beach town. It's a surf town. It starts um, in Puerto Viejo and then it ends in a town called Manzanillo that has a national park that's protected. And so it's beach and road all on one side and then jungle um, behind it. And so it's like 20, 25 kilometer stretch, very small, very simple life, not as developed as the rest of Costa Rica, um, but also not the least developed place in Costa Rica either. And so a typical day for me is I usually wake up slow. Probably I start to wake up around 5, 5.30 um, because we're so close to the equator. We have the same amount of sunlight all year round. So typically the sun rises around 5, 5.30 and sets around 5. 530, um, more or less throughout the year. So I get up and then I will like drink water, get ready for the day. And then I go to the beach. Um, so I go to Playa Negra where I live and it's just like this huge stretch of beach that's really easy to walk. And so I typically walk every morning anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending how quickly I get up. And I'll listen to a podcast or I'll talk to my angels and manifest. I've been doing more manifesting lately and definitely I've seen it fall into place so quickly. Things happen really quickly here. Um, we're a port of energy. We're li literally a port. So Puerto is port. Um, wow. We are a huge port of energy. Things happen very quickly. So you have to be careful what you ask for here. You have to be very intentional. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I walk and then I go home. I take a shower outside and then go get ready. And then I come here to Amasera and take yoga every morning at 8 a.m. Or sometimes I'm teaching here as well. I'm a yoga teacher. I don't know if I said that, but I did. I do yoga teacher training. Yeah. So I sometimes teach or I come and take classes, but I'm here every day, sometimes twice a day. And then I will work um, from about 9 a.m. until 2 p.m., usually um, Monday through Friday. Um, I work online. I'm a social media manager. So I just manage my clients' accounts, maybe have meetings, check-ins, um, work on content, edit. I do a lot of editing, um, editing videos, editing photos. And then, yeah, and then I'll typically go home and kind of reset, go to the beach, um, read, journal, move slow. And then in the evenings, um, like I said, the sun sets at like 5, 5.30. So sometimes I'll leave the house, but sometimes I won't. I'll get, I'm very earthy again. I like to be in the house once the sun's down. But sometimes I'll come back and I'll go to like a yin or a restorative class. Um, or I go to Zumba sometimes. Oh, <laughs> I used to do Zumba. It's, <laughs> it's fun. fun. It's like, it is it's fun. fun. And it's like an easy way to dance and like connect with the community here and it's cheap. It's like 2000 colonies, which is like $5. Um, and yeah. And then cook something good and 
maybe Netflix and chill, like, <laughs> like a regular human. <laughs> I love that's amazing. Um, yeah, like you need to follow her because her content is just, I love your content. I love like seeing like all the beautiful nature. And like this morning, right before we came on here, I was like, what the heck? It's a sloth. Like, I didn't even know it was your account. I just was on stories talking about me scrolling again. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, who, where is the sloth coming from? And then I like looked, I'm like, oh, of course it's your account. But so the sloth was just, where was that? Is right in front of my house. Um, I like just got home from working. So it was like around 2 p.m., I open the front gate um, to drive my scooter in and I'm about to drive my scooter in. And then I see this sloth like crossing in front of the driveway. And I was like, <laughs> like, even though I'm here and I see sloths and monkeys and all of it every day, it's still exciting. Like, I, especially when it's in your front yard. Um, so like I parked my scooter right by the gate and then I like got close enough with the zoom so that I could like get some good content. But yeah, she was just like crossing over the driveway, probably going to a new tree. Um and yeah, I feel like this time of year specifically, I see more sloths. I don't know if they're like mating um, or what. I, I couldn't tell you, but I definitely see more of them this time of year. But yeah, right in front of my house, like so there. cool. But you wouldn't <laughs> pick, pick up the sloth, right? Like, no, no because no, you no. see all the videos and it's like it portrays sloths to be these like cute, cuddly teddy bears. But I feel like that would be a bad idea in nature to do no. that. And like some of them, like, yes, sloths move slow, but there's two types of sloths here in Costa Rica um, or in, in the Caribbean side. There's, um, I think it's it's the three finger and the four finger, I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, but like one of them is faster too. And like they could hurt you. They like, it's like huge nails, right? That they have because they climb trees. Like they have really good grip that they sink into these trees when they're climbing up. Um, the only time you might see somebody touching a sloth is they do have a tendency to fall out of trees. Um, and typically they also, their babies have a tendency to fall out of trees. Um, and so sometimes the baby and the mom get separated. Um, so sometimes you might see locals bringing a baby back to a mom. And typically like you can just hold the baby out and like the mom will kind of grab it or like the baby will like hook onto the mom's back or something. Um, so sometimes you might see somebody touching a sloth, but in general, no, we don't touch the wildlife. Okay. I didn't think, well, I didn't think, yeah, in general, you should not touch the wildlife. In general, don't touch the wildlife. Ask yeah. somebody else to do it, yeah. especially if you're not living here. <laughs> I wonder, I literally just pulled a card before the, like I just pulled a few cards for myself, like before this um, interview and then, one of them was power animal and it was from indigenous uh, medium, Sean Leonard's new deck. It's so nice. Um, but anyway, and it said, I think an animal is calling out to you, wants to work with you. And now I'm like, Oh, maybe it's the sloth wanting me to mm. embrace slow down rest and yeah, slow <laughs> down maybe. Um, and yeah, when you're talking about the monkeys, didn't, I feel like when you're saying that, I'm like, I feel like monkeys were part of your Akashic records. Weren't they? Mm -hmm. I was seeing monkeys when I was in your Akashic records. And so yeah. you, you see monkey, you have monkeys like outside your window. I've seen you post about them. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of monkeys where I'm living right now, but last year, which is like you did my reading, like in anticipation of like last year, right? Like right. You, you did my reading in 
December 2021 and I moved to Costa Rica in October 2022. Um, and yeah, you saw me like in a waterfall and like there was a monkey around and like um the monkey was like kind of part of like my family or like me like we were it wasn't like it was a pet it was like we were coexisting um and yeah and the house that I lived in last well last January until May um like monkeys every single morning at like in the evenings because they would cross these big trees there's a, like unfortunately the things that you were talking about with PEI are also happening here so like we're losing a lot of our big trees and like there's a lot of development happening um so there's only a few of the biggest trees left in this one section of um Puerto and these monkeys cross there every day so like where I was like filming because I film yoga classes sometimes um or where I was like also where I do I was doing all my Reiki sessions so it was like upstairs in this like loft where I had my um altar set up and everything up there I would just have the windows open and then I would just see monkeys every day like just going across especially I found they were around a lot that those four weeks that I was doing Reiki as well crazy I, and you, I feel like you posted about these monkeys before. Aren't they pretty loud in the mornings or at night or both? I mean, anytime they're the loudest mammal on earth. Um, yeah. So they're yeah. called howler, howler oh, monkeys yeah. and they're little and they're very tiny. Like they're little black monkeys. They never really leave trees. They don't come down to the earth. Um, they live their lives in trees and yeah, they're really, really loud. Like typically when people first hear them, they kind of get scared or they think it's like a pack of dogs or something. Um, yeah, they're really loud. Crazy. Um, oh yeah. And this just pops into my head, totally unrelated ADHD yeah. brain, but, um, oh yeah. I just want to put it out there. I'm not a scammer spiritual person. When you said like, I randomly, I don't tend to go into people's inboxes. And <laughs> this randomly. was a long time ago. I too. know, this was but like I, five, what, I wasn't ago. doing this at all for, uh, career or anything like that. I wasn't, it was like, and I, I was just, I don't know why I was like called to do that. And I was just like, I feel like there's a message. There was like, I felt strongly called to give you this message, but I don't just a little disclaimer. I don't go around um, <laughs> trying to give people messages. I don't do that. Yeah. Anyway, that was like a long time ago, <laughs> but, um, but I'm glad that it resonated. I'm, I'm glad that it actually resonated. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah. And one thing I also wanted to make mention of is like, I think the thing that draws people to you is how vulnerable you are. Like you, you share so vulnerably and it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's such a gift that you have to be able, because that's really hard to do is to be vulnerable. And like, do you think, have you always been like able to share vulnerably or is this something that you've kind of cultivated? Like, I don't know. Like I just noticed like from following you over the years, like you would share things and I just think that it connects with so many people, but you share things that other people don't share about. I find, um, mm. is that something that's come through your experiences that you've had to work on or do you think you're just you're natural naturally somebody who likes to share in that way I don't I don't think it was 
I mean, I don't think it was natural at first. I think maybe it was something that I always had a desire to be able to do, um, especially as a child. Um, I had like a lot of childhood trauma and it created blocks in me um, that I didn't know were there until I was like in my mid to late 20s. Um, and so, no, I would say I, I also just like as a Taurus, like I, I keep a lot of things to the cuff um, and I don't typically open and be vulnerable. I mean, in the past with people until I like super trusted them. And then I probably vomited like and overshared um, for a long time. And yeah, like I can, I can easily say I didn't, in, I didn't enjoy or particularly love a lot of my old programming and past habits. Um, it took a lot of unlearning to get to this place of vulnerability and also to understand emotion. Um, like I can sometimes get in trouble too with how I share because sometimes I forget that people have emotions or that people have emotions attached to truth um and so even though it's the truth and maybe I see it as a fact and I'm like confused I'm like why are you upset this is a fact it took me a long time to be like oh because you haven't looked at that truth and you haven't looked at it in this way and so it took a long time to learn how to share in a more in a way that's more receivable like in a way that people will hear it um and to also discern when and when not to share certain things, because I have been the person that has been holding up the mirror <laughs> and showing people themselves for a long time. And I definitely did it in not gentle ways in the beginning. And yeah. And so then I wasn't really sharing for a long time and I shut down. And I think when I first, I think when I was going through my weight loss journey and like, losing the physical weight. And that's also how I started like sharing more on Instagram and how I got a bit more of a following and people who were interested in the things that I was sharing. So even for instance, with the weight loss stuff, I would have people in my DMs all the time, right? Because I was sharing really openly, showing my loose skin, talking about losing weight in in good ways and in, in not good ways too. I definitely, the pendulum swung in the other direction quite far for a bit and I did do some unlearning there after as well but people would be like how do I do this like I want to lose weight like I'm trying to fit into this dress by this time like whatever right and at a certain and at the beginning of my journey I would probably entertain that and give them tips and tricks but then I got to a certain point in my journey where I was like well like that's not where you're actually going to find success and I started to tell people like you need to look at yourself and figure out why you're turning to food or why you're avoiding looking at this part of yourself because like it sounds to me like you're using food as um either as dopamine or to be avoid avoidant of something right like I can give you a way to lose 10 pounds in two weeks but like it's not healthy it's not sustainable and it's also not really the work that sounds like you're looking to do and so many people were just like, not, not hearing that, not really? hearing that. Oh, not at all. And so then I probably pulled back a little bit more. And I think with my sharing, it's kind of been this wave of like, 
I was thinking about this recently, actually, because I, I have been sharing while I've been in Costa Rica, but not as much as I maybe was sharing last year. And I think it often does come in waves for me. And sometimes I feel really called to share. Sometimes maybe I'm a bit more doubtful. Sometimes I feel like people aren't able to receive maybe the things that I want to share. But also, is that just my fear of um, negative feedback? Um, yeah, so I don't think it comes natural. I think it's something I've had to work on. And then also sometimes I think it's just my angels just like push me to like do this. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, this is why you're here. Like, you're supposed to be sharing these things. You didn't go through yeah, all of this trauma, all of this unlearning and all of this growth not to share with other people about things that they are experiencing them, themselves as well. Like that's, you're actually doing a just justice to yourself and to your community by staying silent. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of learning and unlearning and getting uncomfortable and grace as well and not having expectations of myself either and being like, I have to do talking stories every day or I have to talk about something wise every day. Like I'd rather just let it come and share it when it's there. Yeah. Let it flow organically. Um, but yeah, I think that that is definitely one of your gifts though, is like, yeah, sharing, I don't know, sharing through your personal experiences and helping others. Like, I feel like, I don't know, there's just something about when you do share that does, I feel like it's just resonates. And I don't know, I just think you have, you do have such a great purpose in this lifetime. And you, you said, what's that? Sorry. Sorry. You, you said that in my reading as well, like that, that I was listening to it this morning on my beach walk. And that's what you had said. Like you had cleared my, my throat chakra and my root chakra, like during the reading. And you basically were like, you are meant to share and do big things like bigger than you. And like, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I totally, I, I still feel, I still totally feel that. And it's, it's not an easy path. It really is not an easy path. And especially like what you're saying is you will trigger people. And that's the thing that I struggle with. Like, I do not want to trigger people. I don't want people not to like me, my people pleasing tendencies. I hate the idea. Like, again, I'm a manifester in human design. I apparently can repel people. And it just, that devastates me because I would hate that to happen. But, but you all, we, I think we have to realize that triggering people is not a bad thing. It can lead to growth for them. And people are triggered. I think you said like people can be triggered by the truth. You said you, you things that you believe to be true and you're stating them as fact and that that's triggering people. But I think people get triggered by the truth. And like when you are living, like you, I feel like are living your truth, like the way that you're living your life. And that is just going to trigger people because, because they probably aren't, it's going to trigger the people that aren't living their truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also the non-attachment piece, right? Like I can't be attached to people's reactions because that has nothing to do with me. So true. Um, and people also can't be attached to how other people perceive them, right? Like it's not our job. We can't go into your head and be like, this is the way you need to see me, right? Like, that's we're all a reflection of ourselves so 
we have to do the work within ourselves, right? This is, you also said this in my reading, like we have to do the work within ourselves and be a shining example and lead vulnerably, lead loudly. And those who are there to receive will hear it. And those who aren't or aren't ready, they might hear it later, Mm -hmm. but I can't control how they react. So I can't be attached to that either. So true, but it's so hard. So, it's sometimes very it's hard. So it's hard. very hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's very, yeah. very, very hard. But it is, yeah, it, it it is so true. And I just have to, like some days being on the spiritual path, I'm like, why? Like, why am I doing <laughs> yeah. this? This is just feels. I just like, want to give up, throw it all. Yeah, in. I'm done. I'm going into my hobbit hole. Yeah, never I want to be seen go, again. Go back on autopilot. <laughs> I've said this before. I think on the podcast, I was like, oh, I want to go back on autopilot where I didn't know all the things. Like it was just felt so easy. I was so oblivious to everything, my trauma, to the way the world works, to ev- like the dysfunction everywhere. But now I'm like. I've said that to my husband before and he's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, today I do just for today. I feel like going on autopilot just for a little break, but no, and you can, but you, I can. guess you can. But that's the other thing. It's like, take breaks. Like yeah. that, like that survival brain too. Right. Which is like, again, like being attached to your life, looking the same way every day is also not realistic. Like, you can take breaks and find grace for yourself when that, and learn to live with the parts of yourself that we don't always like while actively working towards small changes. I love that. And that's where the sloth energy is coming in. It's okay to take breaks and move slowly. And mm-hmm. have you ever seen a sloth eat food? Like they, I don't know, I've seen some sloth videos and I love watching them eat for some reason, for some reason. I don't know why I just said that, but I just image of a sloth eating. Um, So when you said, whenever I asked you what your title is and you said human being, um, and then, then after I asked you and you were like, well, I guess yoga teacher. And you said digital nomad. And then you said space holder. So like, what, how do you, like, how do you hold space for people? Did you, is this something that you feel like you've been doing your whole life? Is this something that you've learned? And like, is this something that you, you do for people in your yoga classes? Like, tell me a little bit. more Yeah. About that. I think, I think a lot of, or most yoga teachers would say they're space holders. Um, it's just, you're literally holding space and you're you're at the front of the space while you're directing other people to move their bodies in space um and then their mind and their breath are moving as well so when all those things are linked up together there's just energy there that's different um and I think it's something that's really natural for me and I think again from like stemmed from trauma (laughs) Yeah, that's of what course I, with yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, because I, from a very young age, kind of had to predict the emotions of the adults around me, and change myself to fit into them or to do the things that they needed to support them. Um, because I was the oldest 
of three kids um, in the 90s and, you know, a blue collar family where the parents were out of the home working a lot um, and just like a lot of responsibilities were put on my shoulders at a very young age. And so I learned how to hold space for my siblings and, you know, my family dynamic very young and wasn't conscious of that. Obviously, that's like an unconscious learned behavior. And so once I became conscious of it, it, it definitely then shifted into something, um, something more rewarding, I guess, like something more fulfilling or like Dharma. Um, and now I would say I hold space consciously and um for like for friends and family I'm also often a connector in I think that's part of like my human design like I'm a connector I connect people I bring people together um and holding space I feel like is part of that um so yeah I definitely hold space in in teaching on the yoga mat from the teacher's mat I hold space you know, in Reiki sessions, I've held space when I've been a mentor. I feel like I also hold space for my clients, like in the, in the marketing and social media world, like even with my team members that I worked for an event company in PEI. That's like kind of how I really got into marketing like full time. And um, I've often held space for like my team members, my, my coworkers and um, they might not even realize that that's what I'm doing, <laughs> but like when they're asking me certain questions, you know, some certain topics come up, I'm like, okay, like, let's look at the bigger picture. Like, let's, you know, and then it's mostly listening, right? Like holding space is mostly listening and just literally holding space for somebody to share. Um, like, I really love co-listening. Um, I only learned about co-listening like about a year ago. I don't even know what that is. So co-listening is literally you just listen. You don't nod. You don't um, say, mm-hmm, yeah, of course, sure. I find like that you know, hard. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very, very but hard. What, and like, but what's the impact so you, of that? So you probably will still naturally do some of those things, especially when you first start listening. Um, but basically it's just to practice listening and to practice just absorbing without judging um and just being there for someone to share and then at the end of a co-listening session typically we would say thank you for sharing and then you might ask them would you like me would you like any feedback or comments or would you like to take time and space and maybe chat another time or not at all um and just giving the power of to the person sharing of whether they want feedback, because maybe they just needed to say it out loud, right? Like maybe they just needed to get it out of their brain and into the ether. And that's all they needed. Maybe they do want comments or feedback, but it's actually very powerful. I practiced it a lot last year. We did a lot of training exercises with it, did it with my mentor groups. Um, and it seems like pointless, but it's, it's actually really powerful. That's so interesting. Um, I find that really hard. Even when you're saying that I was just like unconscious, I'm like, Oh, still like nodding my head because I want, I I want the person who's listening to feel affirmed and to know mm-hmm. that I'm paying attention. But, um, that's, 
that is going to be a hard one. Uh, that'd be something I have to work on. <laughs> it's when you were talking about that, I loved how you explained how maybe your space holding came from that place of your childhood trauma and like learned behaviors. And like what you described is very much res- resonates with my childhood and, you know, having to maybe be there for adults and take on roles that maybe kids don't, you know, shouldn't have to take care of at that age. Um, and, but I love how it's like, you talked about how that was a learned behavior, but then you talked about now conscious space holding and that it just feels empowering that you've, you know, it was unconscious before. And there's just so much power when you make something that's unconscious conscious. And like, now it's just like one of your strengths, but by choice, Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. love that. It's, I don't know. That's, that was beautiful when you were describing that you're very wise. You're so wise. (laughs) You really do have so much medicine to share, honestly. And I just, I just feel excitement when I think of you, because I feel like, I just really do feel like there are big, big things like projects. Like I feel like there's not that you're not going to still be, you know, you can still do your marketing and things like that, but I just feel like there's something big coming for you. I feel that too. I feel a big portal open right now, especially with the lunar eclipse coming up in two days. Yeah. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow Is it? it? What's the date? Or no, the 28th. 28th. Yeah. Uh Which is in Taurus, which is my star sign. And then also is in Venus, right? It's ruled by Venus. So um, it's all about relationships and definitely feel like that portal of energy for this relationship with myself and like my dharma is being yeah definitely feel a lot of energy coming to that so I don't know where it's going but I'm excited to find out that's amazing um okay well before we go would you be able to just yeah let us know if there's anything that you want to promote I don't know if there's any offerings that you have or just any or the places where people can find you anything that you want to tell our listeners today, I would love for you to share that. Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok at fashionable yogi with two eyes. Um, And I am launching a new website um, November 1st. So probably after this is posted, I don't know. Um, But justdayof.com, which is going to be all of my services. Um, So both with like social media, marketing, education, um, anything of that, but also like the space holding pieces, the mentoring pieces as well. So that's coming really soon. And then I also have an Instagram account for that, which is justdayof on Instagram. Ooh, that's so exciting. I love that. So November 1st. But yeah, this has been so awesome chatting with you today. I so appreciate you giving up so much time out of your day. I know you have lots of stuff going on. So (laughs) very grateful that you agreed to chat with me today. And I'm excited for people hopefully to connect with you, um, some of the listeners, because yeah, I just feel like you have so much wisdom, so much um, medicine to share with the collective. And we need that right now. We definitely need that. So thank you very much. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks so much, Kate. Okay. Bye. 
Okay, that was such a fun interview. I so enjoyed it. Thank you for listening in today. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And I should also note, if you're looking for one-to-one sessions, I am restructuring my business. And in the near future, I may not be offering one-to-one sessions as I am now. So if that's something that you've been wanting to do, wanting to get some one to one guidance and personal guidance, then you may want to book sooner rather than later if you are feeling the nudge and you can do that in the show notes. So have the best day and I will see you here next week. Same time, same, I was going to say same time, same ish place. Okay, Kate, like this is really easy. You say this every week. Let's get this down. Same place, same ish time. Although I do release this at 222 uh, Atlantic time, I believe I, I release it like, okay, here I go. I re- I set the episode to release at two, two, two. So whenever that reaches you, it's always the same time, but when you listen to it, it's a, it could be any time. So same ish time. Okay. Why am I explaining myself? I'm going to leave now. So I hope you have an amazing day and I'll see you here next week. And yeah, that's all. Did I mention I'm awkward? Okay, bye.